Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from BYU Media Day. Can't believe we're already here at uh, BYU Media Day, Gordon. Football is officially right around the corner. Uh, Right around the corner? Well, I mean, what, like camp starts in a month. Here comes the rain. pretty right around the corner. Yeah, seriously, what are you doing bringing us all down? Do you know, that's the thing. The theme of the of media days, Gordon, is positivity. Everybody's in a good mood. Football's almost here, and then along comes Gordon. Is it really? It's not in the afternoon anymore. Don't get you your hopes guy. up. It's only well, I love June. The summer, and I don't want to wish my summer away, but uh, I understand it. Around here, by the time we get the draft coming up on, on Thursday, we got all kinds of rumors going on out there about what's going on with the NBA, and then... You have uh, you have a little dry spell there for a while where we have lots of fun talking about all kinds of stuff. And with free agency being what it is this year, there's going to be plenty to talk about in that regard. But uh, we usually do look forward to the football season. Come we, fall, we call it fall camp. It's really summer camp. They do kick in at the right time, don't they? Yeah, and I, I, and we've been asking people about this. I do like the the juice of having BYU in Utah right out of the gate. It's yeah. gonna, it's gonna yeah. give an extra bit of edge to the to the camps. This well, summer. all the guys we've talked to have said that, and so BYU's players are feeling that way. And something tells me that Utah's players are going, "Hey, you think we want to be the ones to drop the ball on this thing? They don't want that." So I imagine they're fairly motivated, too. And knowing Kyle Whittingham the way we do, I don't think he's letting those guys forget the the fact. I would guess not. But I I get it why uh, these players that we've talked to today are so excited about it. Because they had Utah on the ropes last year at Rice-Eccles Stadium. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're just talking maybe a couple of guys don't get hurt or BYU makes a few more plays. I mean, it was... It was right there, and I guess there have been other rivalry games uh, recently that that have been similar. But this particular group of BYU players has got to be thinking: if we we're good, had if it, we're good enough to lead by twenty points at that juncture. We're good enough to win, good enough to finish the deal. But the Utes, on the other hand, you have to give them great credit for storming back and taking that game. And you know, don't forget, Utah was was somewhat compromised as well. Backup running back, yeah, both teams were injured, right? Yeah. So it'll it, that's actually a, a good point, Gordon. Both teams are going to be healthy going into well, knock on wood. Hopefully, yeah, coming out of camp, so, you know, yeah. but uh, that we will get to see, you know, the full strength roster for uh, for both teams. Well, I'll believe BYU can beat Utah when they actually do it. When you see it, yeah, because I haven't seen it a long, long time. Not since Andrew George caught that pass. That feels like so long ago. You and I both were at that game. That was how many years? Was that nine years ago? Yeah, the, I believe the streak's at eight, and that was nine okay. years ago because they, uh, they took a year off, right? Mm. Yeah, it's uh, just like one of those things where when I go down the roster, I see 
I don't know if I should say this on BYU Football Media Day, but I see more athletes in Utah's program than I see here. But, well, yeah. I mean, but it takes more than just athletes at times in a rivalry game. Sometimes there's momentum and there's these other factors that come into play. But, uh, I'll, like I said, I'll believe when I see it, and I haven't seen it in a long time. Well, Utah has, has transitioned as a, as a program. I don't, I don't think what you're saying is all that uh, controversial because, you know, the big difference between Utah teams now and Utah teams back in, in the 2000s or the Mountain West days mm-hmm. is depth. Right. It's, and, they have more comma better players and how many times have we heard the word depth today here at byu's media day as being the reason that people here within the program are more optimistic about what might happen uh kalani talked about this earlier that uh, they played younger players last year who now have gained experience and then that in turn has created more depth and so that's one of the reasons that there's this optimism that players have been talking about down here well, and it's uh, because it's a big deal. I mean, you you look at that Utah game last year, if they had a little bit uh, more depth on the defensive side to survive a couple of those injuries, maybe that game could have gone could have, could have gone differently. It's yeah. it's a it's a big deal and you can always anticipate injury. Sometimes uh, it's it's more during seasons, sometimes it's less, but you've got to have the bodies ready to go to go out and compete, especially when you're, you're going up a schedule again, uh, like BYU is this year. And we get focused on that first month of the season, Gordon, but, you know, San Diego State is, is no slouch. No, T- I mean, Toledo is, is yeah, a good Toledo, team. South Utah Florida. State, Boise State. I mean, look, that's, uh, they have uh, nine games that uh, will be rugged. This is the, if you want to talk about uh, difficulty, um, home games. This is the best schedule that BYU's played as an independent, my yeah, opinion. Yeah, and, and maybe maybe somebody can can pick out a random year. You know, I know they played Wisconsin later on in the year one one time or, or whatever. But I I think this is the best schedule. It's they've got interesting opponents. Most all of them are really really good. Uh, capable of winning certainly, and they've got. For the first time, they've got multiple big-time opponents at home. Right. And I'm, I'm happy for BYU fans that they get to see some of those games. It's not just a, a one-off Wisconsin game. You're getting three out of the four games in September against big-time teams at home, and I think that's a big deal. Yeah, you're going to get BYU fans are going to get a taste of what it's like over a period of time to play in the Pac-12. Meaning you've got multiple opponents good in a row and some of them at home is that what yes, you're alluding that are to of that or, are you, or are you taking shots no i'm not taking shots at all oh. but it is this is look this is a nod of the hat to you or a cap when you said that this goes back to the bcs argument it does it does have. i always enjoy so you, you, so you should, when you revisit this yeah uh i'm all for opportunity though too and you're you're not you're an opportunity killer so I, but me personally, you, opportunity yeah, killer. Yeah. Okay. But the uh, point is that it's a lot rougher to do it that way. Now, as Ivan said, we had Ivan Meisel on earlier. He was saying that, well, Washington's rebuilding this year, and but they still have fine athletes, and they're really well coached. Still Washington, there. still Coach Pete. And Tennessee is rebuilding sort of, and uh, such as it is, but they beat to a couple of SEC-ranked teams last year. And, uh, you know, obviously the Utes are very, very highly thought of this year all around the country. So 
Uh, there you have it. We'll see how it turns out. But once they get through this initial uh, sort of, uh, I don't want to call it a death trap, but then once they're they're running this gamut, then what do they have after that? It, it doesn't let up. You know, they have tough games after that too. So if, if, if BYU ends up with a, with a really fine record this year, nothing but respect. I don't care. I'm not going to make excuses about Washington or about Tennessee or anything. If they end up with nine wins this year, Jake, holy cow. Oh, my gosh. If they, if they end up with nine wins this year, then people should be, you know, throwing a parade. And not Maybe all, not, but I, I don't. I don't know how realistic that is, though. Yeah. To expect them to get to to, to nine right. wins, that's going to be really tough. Even seven or eight wins might be. It's going to be really, really tough. Which is what you want. It's just the BYU hasn't been up to the task to take advantage of these tougher schedules. If they had been, then people would be talking about BYU with much more vigor than they have. Yeah, you had the win against Wisconsin last year. You've had periodic wins here and there, but nothing really, really consistent uh, it, it, with a lineup like this. That's 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 pretty difficult to uh, conquer. With the BYU, just doesn't have as many athletes as these programs are going to be playing. So can they can they find a way to win those games playing at home? Like you said, for many of them, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but. I'm not sure that I would be quite as optimistic as some of these guys are. Well, they've got a one thing. They've got to follow up if they're able to get some of these big time wins. They've got to follow it up and and be consistent. You know, uh, last year I thought I think one of the frustrating parts about watching BYU football last year was you saw the Wisconsin game and then right. it made you think, okay, well, they're working with something here. Wisconsin's a, a big time team. They've got big time athletes. They went in and beat them on the road. And then didn't it? It wasn't followed up with that same level of success. It was almost like, and I I don't mean to throw around the the fluke word, but that's what it feels like when when you don't follow it up like that. Well, what you'll notice in the bigger wins that BYU had last year, what what they made plays, and in the games they didn't, we were looking for playmakers on the roster, and they were tough to come by, and so. And then all of a sudden the bowl game comes along and you're going, okay, well, that, 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 they sure look like they had a bunch of playmakers on the field in that game. But uh, Western Michigan, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. But they sure look good in that game and they looked explosive offensively like we talked about and the defense was rugged. So, I don't know. I had lots to prove this year. That's what makes this year so interesting to me is what can, can BYU find its footing moving forward? Well, I, I think last year, you know, last year was not the year that you could complain about style points or who they were playing. Coming off of a four-win season, right, right. You, you take whatever you can get, and yeah. you're just really looking for, for progress, which I think we saw. But this year, I think it's going to be a little bit different, where a step forward is going to be expected, especially with with, uh, with Zach Wilson coming back as, as quarterback, and we got a glimpse of, of maybe what could be with him. And Jaron Hall's no slouch either. Right, you know? who had a Terrific spring. Uh, I love that he's a multi-sport guy. Yeah. I, I wish we saw more of that, to be honest with you. But and, he, 
And, and the second year of having Jeff Grimes, having his offense installed. And I think, I think Jeff was pretty conservative last year. And uh, I, I think he's going to open it up a little more like the guys have talked about. Matt Bushman and others have said that they think that they will take advantage of the strengths of some of the players who will be on the field as opposed to trying to mold players into what you're trying to get done. Now they can take advantage of some of these talents that the guys have. And when you have a a defensive front like BYU will probably have, and you have some talented linebackers and you have a couple guys uh, in the back that uh, are pretty good too, and then you have an offensive line that has probably learned some valuable lessons from a year ago. Certainly has a lot of experience. That group could be really good. Yes, I totally agree. And you know how I feel about that offensive line. Not very important. That's the heart and soul of any football team. Oh, have you said that before? Yeah, not to the extent I don't, uh, you know, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to, you know, pucker up and uh, and hug every one of them like Hans does. But uh, I I do think they're awfully important. Well, and you know, talk about something during Lavelle's day that was uh, automatic, and that was that BYU was going to have a really great offensive line. And somewhere along the way, BYU got away from that a little bit. Uh, Hans has, you know, uh, talked about this quite a bit that they haven't had an NFL draft pick at O line since 2002. Oh, wow, who was that, John Tate? No, it was, uh, was Tate before that. Tate was before that. It was uh, Scott Young. Oh, okay. Remember, Scott, he set yeah. a combine record, I think, for the uh, for the bench press. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Been a while. But, but who would have thought that back in the 90s or the yeah. 80s when when those offensive linemen were, were just absolutely dominant? And I think that's uh, one thing smart about hiring Coach Grimes is he was going to bring the emphasis back onto that position. And BYU should be able to recruit offensive linemen. Yeah, you think so. They, they should be able to find those guys that can come in and make a difference. And I think we're going to see them make a difference this year. I think that's going to be a real strength of this offense, and they're going to have to put up some points. Where's Roger French when you need him? I don't know where uh, Coach French is. I think he passed away. Did he? I'm, I'm not, well, I hope. I mean, way to bring that up, Gordon. Again, way to not make it I awkward. I almost said I hope he did, but I didn't mean it like Jeez, that. Jeez, no, what no, are you doing? I, I meant, I meant <laughs> Wow! I meant because I had said that he had passed away. I hope I was right on that, even though I wish I were oh, wrong. I'm so uncomfortable right now. Uh, I, so I, just don't let lightning strike me. I like Roger French. I thought he was a great coach. A wild man, crazy man, but a good coach. All right. I think this is a good spot to, to take a break. We'll we re- re- and pray. We regroup? Should we regroup? Let's, let's regroup, and hopefully we'll have Coach Sataki coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned. I apologize. I, I don't want to wish anyone dead. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Like the northern wind blowing, 
am a lonely heart is frozen Never knew I'd find a way to break yours too Where the wind blows, baby, you can bet I'll be riding high with it Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, live from BYU Media Day, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by the head coach at BYU, Kalani Satake, with us here on The Big Show. Uh, hey, coach, how are you? Good to be on. Thanks, guys, for having me. Kalani, I saw you on your first interview this morning, and I thought... How's he going to be by the time he gets to our show? Because we like to save you for last. And yeah. you've held up pretty well. Thank you. I mean, I, I think I'm just – I mean, wearing the suit probably didn't do well for me. I think <laughs> next year I'm going to go um, in a T-shirt and, and shorts. Why the suit? What's going on with that? Um, do you have to I put didn't, on I didn't look good in the polo, to be honest with you. And I thought, oh, might as well overdress and make it look official and make it look cool and – well, it's sharp. That's a good. Did, thank you. Did yeah, your wife yeah. have any say in this? Um, no, I mean, I, I this is this is not really that comfortable for me. But, uh, <laughs> but I, 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 I learn a lot from being in uncomfortable com- comfortable positions. So I'm going to just chalk it up to a learning experience. I'm thinking game day. Never. Yeah. That'll never happen. No. <laughs> Although I might go Tom Landry and get a hat. That'd be, that'd be oh, pretty cool. Those? Yeah. yeah that'd what be do they cool. call those hats? Uh, is that a fedora? Yeah, that? maybe something like that. Yeah, I, I, that'd be a good look for you, Coach. I could see you pulling that off. Maybe we'll see. I don't you know, know. You get one of the get one of those big beach hats. You know, with the big brims. <clears throat> well, yeah, that's I've what seen I you wear. Those. Yeah, I wear those, and, and uh, I think a lot of people made fun of me for wearing them. Oh, I thought it was a great but, look. I, I mean, love I'm, it. And you had the I'm, shades on. I'm trying to protect my skin, you know, yeah. and and, and uh, I got these sunburnt eyes and everything, so I gotta. Find a way to protect my. <laughs> I don't have a lot of looks, but I, I got a little bit of tint to my to my face. I gotta make make sure that it uh, it, it gels well with the rest of my body. Do you do you know of any other head coach that wears uh, one of those big uh, brimmed hats? No, I think that's I think that's unique to Coach Sataki. Everyone would know. Yeah, you that, can pull it that's off. That's either a lampshade or it's Sataki. Lampshade, <laughs> one or the other. I like it. I like that look. I love that picture. The Tribune has a picture of you with that hat on with the sunglasses, and I thought, man, that looks like a cool dude. I well, like you're it. right, Gordon. I, I am. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's, I said, that's, looked like a that's cool the dude. look I was going for, though. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, all right, all right, <laughs> all right, Coach. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk about your team and the progress uh, you saw in spring and uh, from last year. Are you happy with where things are? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I I'm looking at what our players are doing and, and the energy that that I'm feeding off of them, um, and the things that they're doing as a group and. I've been really pleased with what I saw from the Utah game last year, going into the bowl game, and then um, that going into the um, into spring ball, and then what I'm seeing right now currently. So I've been really pleased with the team and 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 with the leadership that I'm seeing, and and most of this motivation has come from within, from the players, and so I, I'm feeding off of them and just trying to do my best as a head coach to put them in a position for success. Hmm. It seems as though, Kalani, that uh, you've been trying to build this culture for a while. Not just the culture, but the technical aspects to it. You've been calling for explosive offense for uh, ever since you started here. And it seemed like toward the end of last season, certainly in the bowl game, I, I remember having a conversation with you, and you said, this is what I'm talking about. This is the vision you have for offensive football at BYU. I do, and it's something that was really familiar when I was a kid watching BYU football, you know. So um, I'm in a position now where, you know, I'm getting a little impatient, (laughs) and I I understand some of the fans feeling the same way. And so um, trying to get production is the most important thing, but I also understand that our offense was brand new last year, and 
Um, but I'm, that's why I'm really looking forward to this year and, and the, how familiar things are going to be for Zach and for Jaron and for the O-line and receivers, running backs and tight ends. I, I'm, uh, you know, it was weird. We added a new O-line coach who's really familiar with Grimes and Eric Mateos. And um, I almost forgot that he was a new coach to our staff because the transition was uh, was an easy one for him. And um, buying into the system, into the culture, into the way that we recruit, and even the way our offense works. I, I watched him come into the group and on the offensive side and, and just kind of get working, on, and it's clicking really well right now. And that's a huge compliment to the leadership that we're seeing from Jeff Grimes. And also the, the uh, it's, a, it's a compliment to that whole staff. You know, there's guys in there that have uh, a lot of experience play-calling things, and, and, and for them to work together with A-Rod and Fessy and Steve Clark, AJ Stewart, all those guys to work together with it, with Mateos and Grimes. I, I think it's a really cool thing to see. For and from my point of view, I'm really pleased with it, and I'm looking forward to good things this fall. That's a big overhaul, you know, to bring in a new guy last year and install an entirely new offense and bring together those coaches that you were talking about with all that experience. Uh, did it? Are they living up to your expectation when you made those hires? Definitely, and I think they're not. They're not settled on anything. You know, it's not like the. Last year we won seven games in the bowl game, and they, they're like, okay, great, we're, we're kind of on our way. They, they worked extremely hard in the offseason to find ways to be more productive as an offense. They, they weren't happy with the, the way things were. I mean, I think since Zach took over, they had to kind of transform the offense a little bit differently. But um, what I've seen from the offseason, bowl prep to the offseason, those guys are working hard at making it making it happen, and I'm I'm loving what I'm seeing right now, and I just can't wait to have them put it together and put put it on the field. That's going to be really important for us, and getting them more production, more points on the on the board, and and uh, you know that in, in in combination with what our defense is able to do and what our special teams is able to do, I think it, it should work well for us this fall. Kalani, when we talked with you a year ago at this event. Jake and I had the same reaction after our conversation with you. It was almost as though you uh, – I know you're comfortable in a demanding environment because uh, from what you've said about the way your dad raised you, you know, and it ran a, a fairly tight ship and demanding in, in, a, in a positive way, we both thought Kalani seems like he's pouring on the demands on this team and expecting more out of them at a critical time. And uh, we, we noticed that through the season. I think there was evidence of that. Maybe not every time in every situation, but in more than we saw. Excuse me, more than we saw the year before. Are we reading it right? Well, I, I'd like to think that I was the same, you know, the entire year uh, from the first year to now. But that would be foolish to say that. I, I think that um, as as you're going through the first year. I, there's really no way to prepare to be a head coach other than just get into it. And that was really some really cool advice that I received from Kyle and from Gary and also from Lavelle himself that you just have to go through it. And I've mentioned this before. It's, it's like being a father, you know, that you can prepare and read all the books you want and, and talk to as many dads as you can. But once you become a father, it's a different deal. And you become more comfortable with it, just like I was with the first child um, compared to when we had our third and how more comfortable I am as being a father, you know. So I think the coaching thing follows the same thing. And um, I'd like to think that I was the same, but I, I think that I've learned a lot along the way. And, and sometimes you don't have to um, 
micromanage everything. Sometimes you don't have to, you know, for example, with a, with a pacifier dropping on the floor with your first child, you washed it in hot water. <laughs> By the time you get to the third child, you just yeah, let the whatever. kid pick it up and, and put it back <laughs> in his mouth. And that's, and you realize that that was really nothing that, that should be alarming. You know what I mean? And, um, but you learn that through the experience. And so going to the fourth year now, I, I've definitely learned a lot and a lot more comfortable in the role. But um, I, I've learned a lot and I've tried to, every year I've tried to make changes and do things differently and get feedback so I can improve as a head coach. And that's something that I did as a father every year, you know, so why wouldn't I do it as a coach right now in my profession? And I, I hope that um, in year 12 or 20 that you guys say man you're so much different than you were year three or four Mm -hmm. i hope i would you know be different but um in the meantime i'm going to keep working hard and and trying to make that happen so that's probably i I agree with you there but um well you are never a pushover that's for sure so i don't mean to imply that (laughs) oh no that's that's yeah if you're saying that gordon we're gonna have problems (laughs) (laughs) no i I, i'm uh i'm an easygoing guy and then and uh I like to have fun, right? But don't mistake in that for lack of work and and then lack of care, you know. So I, I'm passionate about it. Um, I think my style is a little different and maybe not not what a lot of people are used to. But um, I like to have a lot of fun. But I, I'm saying that that's not a weakness of mine, you know. And and then don't mistake in that for for someone that doesn't work hard, you know. And, and I think that. Uh, um, Maybe people don't understand it, but uh, if you ask anybody or see anything, uh, talk to anyone that knows what we're about, we're going to get the work done. There's nothing wrong with hard work, doing hard work with a smile on your face. What's the hardest part of the job? What was hard about this job is is actually preparing the recruits um, and the players for the academic part. That That's something that I wasn't ready for in year one. I knew that it was going to be harder at school, but you know, you, you you don't think that it would be as hard as it was. School here is really difficult, and being able to work that it, as you go through recruiting, I know we we were doing the recruiting pitch with um, the honor code and what's expected from the honor code, and that that was not a problem at all. It was the the taking a three point nine GPA young man and having him struggle in school here, and then being able to re- respond to that because school is really difficult, but. Um, I think being able to talk about that ahead of time, so they know what to prepare for. I think that was well, that was difficult, and and um, yeah. Other than that, I've enjoyed every part of it, man. I think that that was a learning process for me that uh, mentioned that early, you know. And then some guys aren't ready for for this school um, academically. That's just the way it is. It's not like when I played here. It's a, it's a lot it's a lot harder, right? And but. That doesn't mean that you can't survive here or make it. You know, I think getting a degree from BYU is harder, but um, you can achieve a lot of things by getting a degree and and then working hard and maybe not being a 4.0 student that you're used to when you're in high school. I've been asking all of all the guys this question, Kalani. Uh, a lot of optimism today. Uh, on a scale from zero to ten, on the optimism meter. Uh, 10 being most optimistic, what number would you pick for you at this point moving forward for this particular team? Well, I think for me, I have to be um, kind of on the realistic part, right? And and dealing with a quarterback that's still not 100% yet. 
right? And he's on track and, and, and dealing with some youth in different areas. And so, but the, the one thing that I'm really optimistic about is the players and, and the group. It's different than I've seen in years past. Um, just the way that they're reacting and the way that they're responding to different things to go from that, like I mentioned before, the Utah game to the bowl game to now and where we currently sit. You could probably feel a lot of the energy and the passion and excitement coming from the players. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, an, it, it's, it, it's an infectious part of what we're doing right now. And so I would say my optim, optimism from a coach's perspective has to always be around the middle, right? But, um, but from what I've seen in years past, it's up there. So I, I don't know where to put it with numbers, but I just I know it's up there right now. And, and uh, I expect a lot of things from these guys, and they expect it from each other, and they're demanding from each other, which is a really cool thing to see. Uh, competition is is a big deal to you, mm-hmm. Coach. Earning your spot is a big deal. You've you've talked to us about that a, a number of times in the past. So, with that in mind, how are you approaching the cor- quarterback position going into fall camp this year? Yeah, I, I think every position is up for grabs. Um, I, I don't know if if you could say this is a fifty fifty race by Jaron and, and and Zach, but I, I think everything needs to be earned. If um, if if uh, Jaron's going to earn. The, being on the field, then he's going to have to do it and compete with, with Zach, and and that goes for every position group, you know. So, um, <clears throat> I thought it was really important for um, for Zach to earn the spot last year, and I think instead of for, instead of us, we knew when we had Zach in, Jan- in January that we had something special, but I don't think you hand the keys over to someone that's not earned it yet. And I think when the time came and we made that move, I think I think he had earned enough um, around that time and, and knew that he could bring something different to the table, you know. And, and when we made that move, I think the reason why we did it, it was so much later and it was done the right way. I give a lot of credit to A-Rod and to Grimes for making that available. Um, it allowed a person like Tanner, I give him a lot of credit for what he's done. Tanner was awesome during that whole process. He He... You talk about true leadership. He was all about the team. He turned around and made it about Zach and built him up and was about the team and put an environment in that position group that spread to the other groups where he was about everything about the team. And and so you look at the group now, <clears throat> it's a group where that can compete against each other, but they help each other become the best that they possibly could be. And that's because of the example that Tanner set. You know, so now... Jaron and Zach are competing, but they're also helping each other. Same with Baylor and Joe. So um, that has kind of gone from there to the other position groups, and it's a beautiful thing. So we wouldn't be able to do this if it weren't for the senior leadership that we had last year, specifically Tanner Mangum. You'll like uh, you'll like Zach's answer to a question that we posed to him and others have as well about being big man on campus, quarterback at BYU. You're well aware of all that and the way that works here. And his his answer essentially was, I ain't done nothing yet, mm-hmm. you know. And I thought that's a healthy attitude for a young quarterback to have. I think that's probably going to be the answer no matter what he does. If he does something awesome and, and, and extraordinary this year, um, I, I don't think – I think he's going to be saying the same thing again. You know, it, if you know anything about his family, about the way he's raised, that's kind of everything he hears is just to keep working hard and – um, look at his mom and his dad and his siblings, but also his extended family, his uncles and aunts and his grandparents. They kind of just have that mindset of just working hard and, and never settling. And so I, I don't think he's going to be a problem at all when it comes to 
being puffed up in pride and everything because he gets humbled really quick by his family, and that's a, a really cool thing to have. Kalani Sitake, <clears throat> uh, head coach at BYU, with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, now, Coach, I've, I've got to enlist your, your help with something. Okay. Um, Gordon made a bet last year. And it, 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 he has not paid up, and so we may need a little, another one. Uh, we may need a little encouragement. <laughs> you're, bringing, uh, you're bringing this to the wrong guy because I owe him a steak dinner. Too. Austin, Austin has a little tape we want to play back at the studio. Austin, if you please, oh, if BYU wins, I will take you and your wives to dinner. Any restaurant in Utah that you want to go to? Okay, I don't see a way they can win. Go Cougs. That, that was, was before, before the Wisconsin game. <laughs> Can you please bet every week before we play <laughs> against yeah. us? I've, I've, I've got a bad run of bets. Uh, I better stop doing Stay that. Stay away from Wendover, Gordon. Yeah, yeah I guess. I'm <laughs> well, not much of a gambler, but uh, uh, that game, really, Kalani, I know you think you're going to win every game before beforehand and whatnot, but what a – I mean, I don't know how any honest person can't say that they walked away and shook their head at what happened on the mm-hmm. field. And I guess that's valuable for your own players to learn that lesson. Like, hey, man, you can win in these games even when nobody else thinks you can. Exactly. I think there's always – you've, you've heard the saying of people saying that they're either you're either afraid to lose or you love winning, right? And that's kind of common. You can argue for both. I've been saying this a little bit today, but for me, it's really what am I going to learn from this, right? I think there's a huge opportunity in wins and losses for us to learn. The the, the thing that we learned from 2017 in the Wisconsin game was that they outmatched us physically. We weren't even close, and we wanted to be a physical team that – you know, work on our on the ground game and work on our old line being such a physical presence, older guys and all that stuff. And then it, it was kind of the reality hit you in the face. Then from that point on, to try to learn the lesson and, and go to to Wisconsin the next year and and take it to them, that was a transformation that happened in a year, right? So uh, these guys are bought into actually learning lessons and getting better. And, and finding ways to learn something from any experience that we have in games. Well, what I'd like to do is have more of those experiences consistently and more often. And so um, there's a lot of things that we've learned from certain games, and obviously we haven't played some of these other teams, but there's a, there's a mindset that we can take from Wisconsin and other games that we've won in Arizona and, and other teams that we've beaten and kind of applying it to this to this type, this type of game against Utah from the first game. And then also to Tennessee going to a hostile environment now that we've had three years under our belt I think there's a lot of comparisons that we can draw even though they're different opponents and I think there's something that our players can really recognize but for me as a head coach is to remind them of how we can learn from this but the one thing that I I talked about earlier is that the players are the ones that are are bringing up the lessons learned from it the guys that struggled in the Utah game that were that were um you know they were third stringers. <laughs> they didn't think they were going to be on the field. They were there. They were, and credit to Utah for um, exposing them and finding ways to make plays. They were embarrassed, um, but those individuals were the MVPs of spring ball, mm. and and that has nothing to do with me. It's just how they were raised, right? So those kids are. Go- I'm excited to see what they're going to do this fall. You know, and so that's a great lesson for everyone to learn, and everyone's seeing this happen in real time. And I don't know if you could really simulate any of that except for draw on the experiences that you've had in the past and so the guys can kind of see for their own for their their own point of view 
how things can get better. And so that's what we're looking for. Hopefully we made a lot of improvement from the Utah game last year to now. And, and in 72 days we'll see the, the, the outcome of that. But <clears throat> like I said, this is a great Utah team. Probably the best team that they've ever had in a while with, with ta- loaded with talent. What a great position for us to be in right now. It's awesome. So let's see what happens there and, and what we can learn from that. And then let's try to simulate that energy and that intensity 11 more times. Speaking of that, Kalani, tell me if my memory is right on this. The way I remember it is that you and I had a conversation before when you were defensive coordinator, had just been promoted to that at Utah, and you went into that Alabama game in the Sugar Bowl and took it to them. And we had a similar conversation at that time. Am I remembering that right? The timing is right on that, right? And you guys went out and just played like, like, like maniacs, just took it to that team. And, again, same thing. A lot of people didn't think that that would happen. Well, there's a difference with that year. You know, we, we were prepared for it. And, and so I think it's easy to want to expect and want results. But if you don't work for them, then you're fooling yourself, you know. And so the, the key is to really work for it. There's a difference between arrogance and confidence. Arrogance is trying to fake it like you did the work. And, and and hopefully you can fake it through. And confidence is that you do, you did all the work, and you know it, and you you're letting everybody else know it. And so our I feel really good with our confidence level right now, and I'm excited about it. But that that's that's stuff that I didn't dream up. That's things that I've seen in my coaching career. I've seen from Lavelle, and I've learned. I've seen stuff from Lavelle, from Mac, from what Urban's done. I, I've learned from a lot of stuff that Gary has done and Kyle has done. You know what I mean? And, and so this isn't anything that I'm dreamt up. This is stuff that I've noticed and trying to put into work here. And um, and, and they, all that stuff from Lavelle, all those times, and then trying to embrace the things that Bronco did well and that Croton did well and, and that Lavelle did well and trying to make it make it BYU. And that's what, that's what I'm trying to do. Speaking of Bronco, <clears throat> you said something today that caught my attention. And first of all, let me back up on this because, Kalani, you know where I am on this. You're the right man for this job. I've, uh, I've said that repeatedly. Uh, I don't think there's a better person to be in this very unique position than you are. Uh, but Bronco used to bring religion into football on a regular basis. Now, you've tamped that down a little bit, I, I would say, at least in my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. But you said today, you said we are disciples of Christ who just happened to play football. Um, that sounds like something Bronco would say, would mm-hmm. have said. How do you handle that? Uh, and is there an appropriate way? Because if you drag religion into football too much, and you, it's not like you necessarily you did that there because you still kept it separate. But if you do that, then people can can kind of – there's a difference between hating you for football and hating mm-hmm. you for your religion, right? And so how do you handle – how do you balance that? Well, I mean, I, I applaud the things that Bronco did here, you know, and he's he's right on, on many instances. For me, the uh, uh, embracing that, it's, it's part of what BYU is all about. Um I watched Clemson win the national championship, and I watched their quarterback and their head coach praise Christ in that, and nobody batted an eye at it, you know. So as a religious institution, why aren't we allowed to say the same things, you know? And, and I know a lot of people want to hear football talk and all that stuff, but I think we can talk all about, about all of it in one and, 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 and be okay with it. I, I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable with with my spirituality, you know, and, and I'm comfortable letting people know that how I feel. And, but I'm also comfortable knowing that I'm not, I'm not perfect. 
and that I'm just a man, you know, and I think it's okay for us to praise it in a lot of different ways. And But I, I think it's important that our players know that they represent something more than just football. We we do a lot of charity work off off the field and probably more than any other team in the college football. And I've seen people, I've heard people say, well, why don't you just temper, you know, temper that down a little bit and do more football stuff. Well, because this is what bonds us together and makes us a closer family is serving. The mission of the of the school is is enter, enter to learn, go forth to serve. So a lot of these guys, when you go on missions and you come back, the serving doesn't stop. The only difference is you get to date people and watch movies and stuff like that. <laughs> but the service continues, you know, and I'm just trying to keep control the narrative and kind of keep the the, the, the talk going on, on what it's about and, and and that's something that's um, that I think people already know but I think it's okay if I say it once in a while and I remind everyone what we're about and um, that that's that's what drew me to BYU in the first place even as a coach you know and so um, that's the, I, I'm, I'm I don't think that <clears throat> I mean I've, I've had Lavelle talk about things like that I went on a mission because of Lavelle. You know, and, and I've mentioned that before, but uh, I don't hear. I don't think Lavelle is out there praising himself about it. Um, but I, I'm, I'm just saying that it's okay if I feel comfortable mentioning that that we are disciples of Christ, and I think that's okay. And I, I, I don't expect people to judge us because I don't judge anybody else. But I think it's going to it's going to be a fun thing where for us to mix football and academics and in church, you know. So that's. That's how we do our lives anyway, so might as well just be all complete one and whole. But, I mean, my my level of understanding in church is really limited still. So, but I just know you that don't I'm, know it all. I'm, I'm yeah, <laughs> but I'm willing to to learn and, and to serve. And I mean, I, I, I it's crazy. There's not long ago. I this is a funny part of it, but um, a while ago, I remember I remember being in church and hearing somebody say that they bearing their testimony that they. Um, they believe that Gordon Monson's the true prophet of God. <laughs> so they they basically messed up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, that guy's that guy, choking. That guy's listening to too much radio. <laughs> no, but I I, I I think it's okay for 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 me to mention that, and I I hope people are okay with it and comfortable with that. And and if not, then it's okay. They they can voice their opinion to me. But that's who I'm going to be, and and be be okay, comfortable with mentioning that. You know what I mean? Well, Coach, you are always so generous with your time. We can't thank you enough for stopping by, and good luck with the season upcoming. You guys are awesome, man. Go Kooks. Thank you. I still thank you, Coach. Steak yeah, you, you owe a lot of dinner. Yeah, right? seriously. So i got to start paying. Yeah, let's do this I, thing. Huh? All right, you yeah. you might want to get some cattle and, and, and uh, you know start providing the, the steaks yourself. Yeah, let's do this. swinging that sledgehammer. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Bringing in some uh, top-grade meat here. It's, it's one thing to, to stiff Austin and I, but, Coach, come on, Gordon. Kalani, really, uh, if you were going to order a steak, what, what what's your preference? What kind of steak do you go for? Ribeye, um, Porterhouse, New York, uh, filet? I like them all. So, but, but if it was my choice... I always go for the ribeye because there's more and there's a lot of fat there. But then my wife has kind of turned me to the fillet because oh, the quality is much better. Mm. So I I used to go for bulk, right for for the the amount. Mm. And now I'm kind of on quality. Something tells me this is going to get expensive. Well, I'm telling just, you, just get two fillets and you'll be all right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, when I'm eating on Gordon's dime, my favorite steak is the one that's most expensive. Uh, Whatever. <laughs> Bring me two. Uh, coach, you're the best. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks. All right. Well, I have more Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
Wrapping up a big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We want to say a big thanks to BYU, the staff down here, for putting on a, another great media day. It's been uh, it's been fun to be here and talking football, Gordon. It's great. Yep. And like you said, it's a month away, really, when the camps get going. And so uh, it's, uh, yeah, we, we'll see how how this year turns out. A lot of excitement for the local teams. Gary Anderson going up to Utah State. Uh, Jordan Love. Uh, Utah getting the accolades they're getting early on. And, and from what I've observed today, uh, BYU, at least from within the program, feels very good about what it might be able to accomplish. It feels better about what it can accomplish than I would project it to be. We want to th- say thanks to everybody who jumped on the show today. All those interviews are up at 1280thezone.com. Boy, we had a, a bunch of them, Gordon. Probably too many to name, but Matt Bushman, Zach Wilson, Coach Sataki, Ivan Mizell, amongst others. Aleva Hifo. Yeah, many. Thanks many. to all those guys for jumping on with us. They were, uh, they were terrific. Yeah, every one of them. All day long. Uh, thanks to Austin back at uh, the studio for doing his normal fine work. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.